You ready to rock and roll? Where did you go this weekend? What's been going on? You have like scruff? I just haven't bought it shaving. Have you been sleeping a little extra or something? No, I just, it's funny you say that. I just haven't felt like shaving. Huh. And I'm interviewing all this week. So maybe that's why. I don't want to look too um, handsome. Uh-huh. So I just went scrubby. I don't think I understand the logic on that one. <laughs> well, we were in Orlando this weekend, Holly and I and Ryan. And we got some really cool caricatures from um, our friends, Paula Rutledge at Legacy. Who were on the podcast before. Who were on the podcast before. So big shout out to Legacy. Hashtag Legacy Recruiters. Um, and uh, I sliced my hand open. And you can look for that video to come because Holly and I were running around uh, Walgreens looking for, because I take blood thinners. So it was like a bad Saturday Night Live skit. There was yeah. just like blood coming out of it. And uh, <laughs> we were running around after a couple bottles of wine. I think, Ryan, you caught that on video, didn't you? So yeah. stay tuned for that. Yeah, Ryan was like sending us really cryptic messages. And I was like, what is going on? See, he can't kiss and tell. Would you explain, Michael, you don't kiss and tell uh, in New Orleans or any other place we go, right? No. When you guys are taking very different trips than I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just going, I mean, good food, get nice shots. Yeah, they eat good food and get nice shots. But, but you know, what goes on? Well, Mike and, Mike and I were uh, ma- uh, 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 husband and husband uh, in New Orleans. Oh. We checked in, and they, she said to us, "Any special occasion?" I said, "We were just married." Ah. She didn't even blink. Really, but nope. but we want two rooms. Well, you know, we're still trying to get over the uh, tension I have about you know. Ah. <laughs> so, anyway, getting back to the scruff, you're just waiting for the subject today. So, uh, disclaimer: uh, I'm. I'm pulling Christina in on this one without telling her what the subject's about. Yeah, I have no, I, I have no idea I know, if I'm even prepared for this conversation. <laughs> so um, we are interviewing this week because our digital team continues to grow. Uh, and uh, we're looking for a digital manager who part and parcel, beside doing a million other things like our team does, is going to be responsible for deployment of our content uh, and then driving some very unique things we do on a platform that's never been used like this before, LinkedIn. Um, so what's interesting is during the interview process, uh, the people who have digital experience always come to me and say, uh, what programs are you using for your metrics and your numbers? Mm-hmm. And when I answer to them, I don't use any because honestly, our content isn't being developed for likes or followers. It's really being developed to talk about our why and our truth. Mm -hmm. And we only want to put out our stuff to show what we believe and what we stand for. And if you are interested in it, follow it. If you're not and you don't like it, you're still going to follow it. Mm -hmm. But I think too many people, and that's where I want to pull you in, you're artists. I'm an artist. I'm an artist with my words and I'm artist, you know, starting to become an artist with putting out content. As creatives, you guys don't put out your content really caring whether it's liked or disliked, do you? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a actually a really potentially complex subject. Right. I think the compulsion to make it is independent. 
I can tell you I've received many, many rejection letters. Uh, and I and I don't know anyone who hasn't. I, I don't know anyone who hasn't met tremendous amounts of rejection and potential failure in their creative career because it's subjective, because it's competitive, because, you know, it's just random chaos. Sometimes your piece doesn't fit in the program or whatever. Uh, and the impulse is always there to stop. But it's true that what I do is obviously independent of that because I still I still do it. You right. Still I still do it. Well, I think for us at TMG, the impulse to create the content is to share a meaningful message. You know, I think we're much more focused on reaching people. You know, we talk a lot about the in-mail being a better metric than a view count or a comment, especially because we deal with people in a sort of secretive way. People can't come out and say, I love all this advice you're giving me on getting a new job. P.S. Don't tell my boss. Like, that's not we can't do that. So I think you know, in our circumstance, it's really unusual, but it gives us an opportunity to develop content that is personal, that is uh, sincere, and that isn't baiting for anything. We're, we don't ask for anything in return with our content. Just this is information. It could be valuable to you to acquire a new job. Or if you're interested in the job we're specifically talking about, this is useful information to figure out if you want to take that next step and potentially rearrange your whole life, because jobs really do rearrange your whole life. And I, I think that that does sort of parallel to the work I make for myself. I just I have to make it. I have to make it because this stuff has meaning and value to me. And if somebody likes it and wants to show it, for sure that feels amazing. But if they don't, I mean, I'll feel bummed for like a week or two and then I just got to kind of make more. It's just the way it is. Right. And and that speaks to what we put out here is we're not looking for approval. I really, we are not. We're, we're never looking for approval. We're we, we carry a message. We're inspirational, aspirational. We help careers and companies. We just happen to be a search firm. Right. And and, and I really believe that. I, I know we operate two businesses here. We operate a business that shares a message as to how can you be a better version of yourself in the professional market and the personal side of things. That's We, we do make sure we balance that out. Um, and the other business we run is a search firm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's important for people to understand when they start putting out this content that they don't look for likes or approval because then what that does, it bends the truth on who you are. Um, we had a training meeting this morning with one of my people and she's trying to put together her content for branding herself. And the first thing I said to her was don't look for approval or disapproval because then you're going to start untelling your pure truth and using I'm a fan of Simon Sinek. Um, if you're listening to this and you thought about him already, clearly you'll you'll understand why. Is you need to tell the world what your why is, why you exist, and why our business exists. And if people then vibe with that, then they're going to follow you. And if they don't vibe, then they just move along. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's really important for people to do in their careers as well. Is don't bend your career too far, right? You still have to please people. Um, there is somebody who writes the check, but you need to look for a workplace, um, or a career or a, um, sort of stop off that allows you to be who you are. And when you start to front, that's really where the dissonance occurs and where the health issues occur, um, and where the fights at home occur. And that's where you get work-life imbalance because your work is so effed up that your personal life 
has to slingshot back on that. Yeah, and I, I thought this a lot, and this is very anecdotal to what I make, but you know, I've always thought like, oh, I wish I made documentaries. Everybody likes documentaries. They get into festivals. I wish I, I could just come up with an idea for a good documentary. But the truth is, it's just not what I make. It's never been what I've felt compelled to make or energized to make. And, and I think you could parallel that to any kind of content you put out there. Uh, I think that it's easy to want to see someone who's successful on any social platform and want to sort of parrot their voice and and figure out, OK, well, they look like this, they speak like this, they act like this, they post like this. If I could mimic that, I could have the same success. And I think that that's just a kiss of death. And here's why. And I've, I've, I've figured that out. And this is why when you emulate or replicate somebody else's business and it doesn't work out, people scratch their head and say, what? It worked for them. Because it wasn't your own truth. Mm-hmm. When it's your own truth that you go with, and I don't mean to too, be too you know flighty here, but when it's your own truth, people immediately feel it. People immediately respond to it and smell it. And when you're trying to live somebody else's truth, it's not a sustainable situation. And there's no, there's no real vibe or energy that comes out of that. And that is read online when I write an article. Every single word, and you guys know this, every word that comes out is written by me. Yeah. And, and, and I, I could never imagine not being who I am to the outside world. Yeah, and I think you're also going to burn out quicker. I think that those... Because it's not who you are. It's not sustainable. And those rejections or when you don't get... When you're putting in what you think is the right effort to sound, quote unquote, the right way, and you're not getting the likes or the followers, I think it hurts more than when you're just being yourself and just persevering and, and being authentic. And, you know, maybe one day those followers will come and maybe one day they won't. But ultimately, like, you should be having fun. This should be fun and, and pleasurable. I've thought a lot about... The work I've made, certainly like my my master's thesis, I'm so proud of that piece. It doesn't show a lot, partly because I think it's a little, it's a weird genre of film that doesn't show a lot. But I think about that piece all the time and I think, man, I like it. Like, I feel super good about that. I think it, it's, you know, excellent. And I, I have no like, oh, I wish or what if or anything about that piece. Even though it's not getting shown out there, I'm totally good sitting with it. And I feel like you can feel that way about every single Instagram post, or you could feel that way about like if you're making huge marketing content for your company. You can feel that way about every step of the process when you're sharing. And we are in a sharing culture, and it is sort of an impulse. And if you have it, I don't think you should be posting if you don't, first of all. If you're a very private person and you feel like you have to do this because it's the way things are going or it's the wave, like don't even bother. Forget it. You'll find success in other ways. But if you feel this compulsion to share and you share authentically, People come where they don't, but you're going to enjoy it anyway. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, and and this speaks to, it comes from your why, your master's thesis. Mm -hmm. What specifically, factually about it spoke to you or did it just speak to you in your gut? Uh, Well, it's weird when you make content, even for us, which are much shorter pieces or this, which is a much longer piece with like, what was our crew, like 12 people at one point, you know. With when you're making media, it's hard to make it in a vacuum. So there were different whys at different points. In the beginning, I was excited about the idea. I just thought it was compelling. When I was in production, you know, you have so many people that you're working with, that you're collaborating with, that, that are involved in the process, and you have to get them to believe in it just as much as you do. That's really what a director has to do. They 
And I feel like that's true for the director of a department in a company. You it's know? our company. Right. That's, that's why everybody operates at such a high, high performance level here is because they all believe in the mission and the right. why. What does the organization stand for? Yeah, and I, I don't think I could have convinced a crew of 12, you know, undergraduates to follow their weird TA around for their summer break and make a film with her if if I didn't believe it first. And then in the end, I mean, my why, when I think reflexively on the piece, I've never seen anything like it. You know, I, I followed nothing but intuition. It's completely unlike the script that I wrote when I applied for the grant that funded it. And I wonder... Sometimes if they like saw the movie at the end and were like, what? That's for the money back. Yeah. What? That's not like all the dialogue was removed. It's a different, but I, I love that. I mean, it was, it was total intuition and pure play. And I was relying entirely on not only my, my sensibilities as an artist, but what I've learned as a filmmaker, you know, my craft and, and my heart. I don't, I just felt like, um, like love. It just mm -hmm. felt like love. Mm -hmm. So you use the word intuition. Mm-hmm. You use the word craft. Right. And then there were a whole bunch of technical things that caught mm -hmm. that intuition and craft. Mm -hmm. And that's coming back to our sort of byline all the time when art and science meet. Right. Right. And if that art is really coming from your gut, then it's super meaningful. And then hopefully you're putting out that message so it's super meaningful for other people to follow. Mm -hmm. So that was my subject for today with you. That was an, that was an super easy one right that's what yeah. i figured but i think um it's it's sort of like common logic a lot of this stuff that seems to fly over the, a lot of people's heads for some reason uh well one i think that the, the impulse to give up the impulse to feel discouraged or beaten back is it, it's human and it's innate in all of us and to fight that i think does take a lot of stamina and a lot of strength and i think that Part of the problem with media in general is it is an interactive experience. You know, it's it doesn't exist without the audience. You know, it's like the tree falling in the forest. It actually doesn't make a sound unless people watch it. So you do sort of need those people. And when they're not there, it can be really, really painful. But I think or I hope uh, that that time is the only differentiating factor. That's right. That's right. And and. And understanding what it is you're trying to get done, right? So most things that have been fabulous over time, um, people look at weird and then they make fun of it, then they evaluate and then they carry it as their own mission. And I think that is the, the marching orders I would give to people who are interested in sharing their visceral message, like really their truth about whatever it is they do in a career or in their business is don't worry about what people say. Just go and do it. And, and if it's if it's a value and you love it, that will elevate you to greatness. You know, I also want to say for anybody who's listening and they're like, well, why would I take advice from this girl who doesn't get her film shown? Well, uh, after one particularly heartbreaking rejection, I got pretty depressed for a little while. And then I was like, you know what? This is so inane. I know it's a good film. And so what I did is I called up Michael and I was like, we're going to, schedule we're going to make a, a production uh, a program of short experimental films like ours and we're going to drive around the country and we're going to show it at different like independent theaters across the country and that's what we're, we're just going to do it ourselves like i'm not going to wait for any gatekeepers i'm not going to wait for any barrier to entry get in my car pack for a month and that's what we did we drove this program of shorts around the country we made incredible friends and connections and it was super well received. Like the feedback was so overwhelmingly positive and nourishing. So I think that 
you know, also just kind of like taking a DIY approach and instead of giving up, like figure out how you can take on more, you know, how do you, can you, how can you take a bigger piece of that pie so that you ha- own it even more? Uh, if you really believe in it, then it probably won't fail, I think. Uh, unless maybe you're crazy. Oh, it only I fails can. when you, it only fails when you give up. Seriously. Right, right, I mean, right. there, there's, there's event after event and, and success story after success story of thousands and thousands of rejections, but because, and I think that's why people say do what you love mm-hmm. because it requires for greatness to occur. You've got to have it be a mission mm-hmm. and not an obsession. Right. Right. Like focus, but don't fixate. You know, yeah. There's a fine line. Or it wasn't even like. I'm going to prove to the world that this is a good film. Because it then like, it's not your, it's right. not your, Im, it's, so therefore you've already fallen outside right. of your, your why and your truth because you're doing it for the outside world. And the second you default to the outside world, driving your behavior, that's a slippery slope that you could never, ever get off of. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to change my why a little bit so people like it better. Well, then it's no longer your why. Right. Well, I, my grandmother always said, I think the original quote is, the road to hell was paved with good intentions, but she always said the road to hell was paved with great expectations. And I think that's just true. So, and I think that having an established foundational why is like removing the placement of expectation in your life, right? Because it doesn't, you don't reach outward for any, anything. It all goes back in, back in, back in. And yeah, that's how I felt on that tour. Like I was going back in. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thanks for sharing your why with me. Yeah. All right. No problem. I'm Joe Mullings. I'm Christina Kay, and this has been another episode of On the Line. I don't think we introed it. We're anyway, we're out, we're out showing it. This has been yeah. On the Line. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>